What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Thursday, so time to go game by game, talking about the running backs I'd be starting and sitting this week. We have six teams on bye this week, ties it for the most of any week with week 14. So a lot of options that, you know, would have been kind of on the fringes turn into, you know, maybe low-end running back twos, maybe people you can use in the flex, and then people who you were probably only benching before, they might be needed for fill-ins this week. So sit back, hit the like button, and let's hop into things. We'll start off with the Thursday night game, tonight's game for you guys, Eagles at Texans. This game has a 45-point total, and one of the largest spreads we're going to see all season, especially for a road team, Eagles, 14-point road favorites for the Eagles. Anytime you are a two-touchdown favorite against one of the worst run defenses in the NFL, we're going to be considering running backs on that team, even if they're in a huge committee. Miles Sanders, low-end running back one this week. I can't imagine benching him. It's a fantastic spot. Um, if you find yourself desperate, as many of you will be, you know, especially 14, 16 team leagues, but maybe even for some of you in like competitive 12 team leagues, you got a few injuries, a few people on by again, six teams on by this week. Boston Scott is not the worst play in the world, especially if the game gets out of hand. So if it's closer than imagined, if the Eagles struggle for some reason, he's not going to have a good game. But if the 14-point spread is real and maybe it ends up being, you know, a 16, 17, 20-point game by the end of it, we could see Boston Scott get a few more snaps than, you know, he would have before. Uh, last week, 23% of snaps, 7 carries. He's running back to where if they get up big, it's not really Gainwell. Gainwell would be more that, like, receiving down back. So if they get up big, uh, maybe we see him push 8, 9 carries. Maybe he scores. If they're going to score four, potentially five touchdowns this week, he might mix in for one of those. And so, again, if you're desperate, you know, not the worst play in the world. The Texans, uh, pretty much as bad of a spot as they can come, at least they're at home. But, you know, it, it's, you know, two touchdown underdogs against one of the strongest defenses in the NFL. Makes it two terrible matchups in a row for Damian Pierce, which is kind of tough. Uh, but the usage is elite, you know, even in the spot high-end running back too. Like, the ceiling's not really there, but I, I can't even fathom benching him, like, at this point. Like, I, who are you playing him over? Unless you've got phenomenal running backs who all happen to not be on by, like, you're just, you're playing Damian Pierce. As to wide receivers in this game, uh, you're really only considering the three obvious ones, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Brandon Cooks. Uh, Brown, autoplay every week. I don't care what the matchup is. Uh, matchup's totally fine. Uh, Devonta Smith... I would say every week he's a wide receiver too, as we saw last week, like when A.J. Brown goes off, well, it's not like A.J. Brown's going to have 150, I think it was around 150, something like that, uh, and three touchdowns. Like He's not going to go nuclear and then also have Devonta Smith go off. Like It's only going to be one of them or they're going to kind of split the work, um, but Smith is still a fantastic player. We've seen him go off in his own right, so even though Brown's going to go off more than Smith will, I think, again, it's Brown every week, wide receiver one, Smith, I think you're just playing him every week as like a two or in the flex. Uh, Cook's a little bit more difficult to get behind. Uh, he's more of that like low floor play in the flex. Ideally, you do have a better option. Philly ranks second in pass defense DVOA, third in yards per pass attempt allowed. Cook's definitely got bailed out in like a tough matchup last week. So we were off him last week. He had two receptions for three yards until there were 30 seconds left in the game. When there were 30 seconds, there was 90 seconds left in the game. Whatever. 
There was like a minute left, all right? They convert on a fourth down. He still has two receptions for three yards because the matchup was way harder than people thought because people were just looking at the total points allowed for the Titans, even though it's not what you should do. And then he catches two balls for 70 yards with like a minute left in the game. And that kind of bails out his day. And he still wasn't even that great of a play, but it would have been horrible had he not had that. Um, this does not feel like the breakout spot for Cooks. And if he hadn't gotten super lucky to close last game, people would feel way worse about him this week. They're going to look at the box score and be like, oh, okay, he did fine in a bad matchup. Or actually, they think it's a good matchup. It's a bad matchup. Uh, but I guess all of this is to say, he's not that great of a play. But if you have to, because you have a ton of buys, you can just understand he could easily have, you know, three for 30 this week. Next up, we've got Chargers at the Falcons. This game is a very high 49 and a half point total Chargers, three point road favorites. For the Chargers, uh, just a smash spot for Austin Eckler. Uh, he's the top running back play on the week, at least right now, but he's going to end up being a top three play. Probably will remain the number one play. Obviously start him. For the Falcons, this is like a good spot. They are playing a Chargers run defense that ranks 25th in rush defense DVA, 30. First in yards per carry allowed. Uh, it's also a very high total game, and the spread is pretty close, you know, especially for the Chargers coming off of their bye, like to be only around three points. Uh, Falcons being at home, like this is a winnable game for the Falcons. I don't think they're going to win, but they absolutely could. Um, I think you can use Algier or Huntley as like low end running back twos. Unless Patterson is back, I do believe this is the first week he is eligible to return. I don't know yet. As you know, I record these uh, the day before at noon. So uh, I just, I don't know even the practice reports like on Wednesday right now, but pretty easy to break down. I think whoever is starting in this game, you can use the running back too. And I would say like if Patterson is healthy and going to play, you're absolutely playing him. If he does play, I really have no interest in Algier or Huntley. And then if he's out, again, like I said, Algier Huntley, like they're not slam dunk plays, right? Because the receptions aren't typically there. We saw a few last week for Algier, but in general, they're not going to have many receptions. Um, last week's game also got extended a little bit by having like nearly a full overtime. And so they're fine. And this week, fine might be what's necessary at your second running back spot. Next up. Another one where you guys are going to throw up when I talk about the Packers running backs here. Uh, but another one where fine might just be enough this week. Packers at Lions. Uh, another high 49.5 point total. Packers 3.5 point road favorites. For the Packers, always start Aaron Jones. You just got to do it, uh, especially in a great spot like this. And like I said, you're not going to love this. But A.J. Dillon this week is probably a low-end running back too. Uh, he's very game script dependent. So like it's been bad recently because they've been losing every game. But... He's got 18 touches per game in their three wins, 10 touches per game in their five losses. We knew that would happen entering the season. We just thought that they would be a little bit better than they are. They are favorites this week, and I do have the Packers projected for 3.3 touchdowns right now. I don't know what their best game of the year is, but like a projection of 3.3 touchdowns for them this season has not been common. Uh, Lions run defense, also terrible. 29th rush defense DVA, 30th yards per carry allowed. Like they're just not a good defense. And especially if the Packers get up, they're going to lean on these running backs. Rodgers doesn't trust any of the wide receivers. Uh, so Dylan could fail, certainly could fail, has failed plenty of times this season. But with all the buys, with injuries, in a great spot, like this is the game where if you need them, this is where you're going to be using them. Next up, we've got Dolphins at the Bears. 
45 and a half point total. Dolphins, five point road favorites. The Dolphins, Edmonds is gone, but he's been replaced by Jeff Wilson. I wouldn't expect Wilson to get like a ton of work in his first week with the new team, but given his familiarity with the system, it's possible that he gets like, you know, roughly the same amount of work that Edmonds was getting before. And so I think that like you can basically just view Mostert very similarly this week to what you had been in the past, use him as running back too. Um, I would say moving forward, it's going to be a concern. We'll be a lot more cautious with Mostert because Wilson's still like a solid running back and he's going to be used more than Edmonds was being used in like the past few weeks. But for right now, for this game, I don't think Wilson's going to come in and command like 10 to 12 touches. I think they're still going to use Mostert as the one. And so as favorites uh, and an okay spot, I think you're playing Mostert. I think you're benching Wilson. For the Bears, Herbert has 7, 13, and 16 touches over the last three weeks. And he's gotten up to 74, 63, and 99 yards over the last three weeks, averaging now 6.2 yards per carry in the season. He's looked fantastic. And Montgomery is only at 3.9 yards per carry in the year. You have to think eventually they're going to start shifting more workload, giving more snaps to Herbert, who every single week looks like the better running back between the two. I'm projecting close to a 50-50 split with still more work going to Herbert because they just continually do that. Um, but also given like the lack of targets these two have had in recent weeks, it makes both of them like roughly low end running back twos, especially like I said, six teams on by this week. Um, in like a normal week with everyone playing, they would shift more into like really low end twos, maybe running backs you want to use in the flex if you don't have wide receiver options. But for this week, I think both of them can definitely get you by at running back two. Raiders at Jaguars is up next. 48-point total Raiders, one-and-a-half-point road favorites. For the Raiders, Jacobs is a must-start every week, but we saw a week ago what the floor is. He had seven full PPR points. Uh, we know that Jacobs and Derrick Henry are just the two running backs that are incredibly game script dependent, and while this game is projected to be close, like I believe last week's was also projected to be close. They may have even projected like slight favorites. I don't remember exactly what the line was, but like it was supposed to be close and it wasn't. So that can still happen. I would say it's much more likely that they can keep the Jaguars close as opposed to the Saints. Like the Saints are a better team than the Jaguars. And so it makes sense that like maybe we see that game last week, but this week, like it's pretty unlikely the Jaguars just open up they're up 24 nothing. Like that feels very unlikely. It's not like they've shown us all that much like ability to do that. And so this is a long way of saying you were playing them anyways. I uh, just understand that if they get down, he does have that lower floor. And you can say like, oh, the record's bad. Like he's had a lot of good games, even in losses. I'm saying like really down, you know, like they can be down seven points. They can be down, you know, within a score. When we have a week like last week where they're really trailing, he the snaps go away, the touches go away, and he's not as good. Um, they Again, they can lose the game by three, and if as long as it was close throughout, they had a general game script that they wanted to do. For the Jaguars, uh, ETN, he's played 80%, 79% of the snaps in back-to-back -back weeks. Touches, 15 and 25 uh, in each respective game. Yards, 129, 162. Like, he's awesome. He's a fantastic running back. He's getting the touches. It's a winnable game for Jacksonville. They can at least keep it close. He's running back one. Uh, bench all other Jaguars running backs. 
Colts at Patriots is up next. Uh, I believe the lowest total game of the week at 39.5. Patriots actually 5.5 point home favorites. For the Colts, uh, Taylor, he's like back, right? He's on the field. He's getting a good amount of touches. Um, Only played 69% of the snaps last week. Uh, If he was fully healthy, that would be higher. So I don't think he's fully healthy. But he's close, and every week he's going to get a little bit more healthy. You even saw actually on the sideline, um, I don't remember what quarter it was, maybe like the second quarter, uh, maybe it was even late in the first quarter. He was getting like, you know, rewrapping on the ankle. Like the ankle is obviously still a problem. He's not 100%. It's going to take him a few weeks of being back to be 100%. Uh, so as underdogs here, um, on the road, solid Patriots defense, it's not a good spot. But even being banged up last week, uh, he's still, you know, and even in like a probably a more difficult matchup last week 16 carries 76 yards like he's just too talented to keep on benches so don't expect the old taylor where it was like any matchup he's just dominating but like it's jonathan taylor you, you have to play him. Uh, and then don't play Deion jackson like i know he's like i talked about one of the best handcuffs in fantasy right now but if we're saying you know jonathan taylor is not even like a slam dunk play that's going to dominate what do you think Deion jackson is like he still needs an injury still a premier handcuff but not someone you're starting even if you're desperate uh, it's only going to project for like a few points there are better options if you're desperate patriots uh stevenson has you know like this amazing role over this last month and it hasn't really gone away like obviously it's less but it hasn't gone away with harris back you know he's not a featured running back getting like 95 percent of the touches but Harris is only taking like a few of those like early down carries and we're still seeing Stevenson get plenty of carries in his own right and then like plenty of targets. I mean, he has eight targets in back-to-back games. He's got 98 and 143 yards in the last two. Like he's playing great. Uh, Colts obviously have a really good defense. They've kind of always had a very strong run defense, but I think Stevenson is a must start until we see those targets go away. Like even if the carries come down a little bit, if he's going to get eight targets a game, He's going to catch most of them. He's going to be explosive with the ball afterwards. And it means that he's pretty game script dependent because even if they got down, like if they get up, they're using them. If they get down, they're using them. They're throwing to him. So you don't even care what the game script is. You're playing Stevenson. Um, Harris, eh, not as you know enthused about that. He's probably going to have around that like 10 to 13 touch range. Definitely depends on the game script there. Uh, but a lot of those will come on the ground. And it's like if he's only going to get 0.4 points for one of those touches, I mean, you do the math. Like, he definitely needs a touchdown. Even then, not an amazing play. So, if you're desperate, can use it. Uh, I think he'll fall outside my top 30 running backs, though, this week. Bills at Jets is up next. Uh, Relatively high for Jets game, 47-point total. Bills, 13-point road favorites. Could be an ugly one for the Jets this weekend. For the Bills, uh, they are fresh off trading for Naheem Hines. Though, as I've said before, um, not expecting these running backs that got traded this week to have a large role this week. Future weeks, sure, this week. I'm not expecting Hines to go out there and get a billion touches. And if Singletary wasn't even like a slam dunk like running back one, if we're adding in a running back who's still behind Singletary that just got traded, you you can't play Naheem Hines this week. Um Also for Singletary, this is not a typical Singletary game. So in these games where they know they're going to win, they do rotate their running backs because they're like, well, we're going to win this game. There's no reason to go out there and feature Singletary. They like Singletary a lot. They use him a lot more in those close games against opponents that they like really respect. I don't know how much they respect the Jets this week. Um, So Singletary can be played as a low end too, but understand that like most of the time, you look at a spot like this and you're like, oh, slam dunk for Singletary. 
because they're going to win by like two scores. They're going to run the ball a ton. Like not really. I mean, the Bills, even when they're up, still throw it. And when they get close, if they run it, it's with Josh Allen. Like they never just line up and run the running backs because they're so efficient with Josh Allen because Josh Allen's a cheat code, right? He just rolls out. And if he sees a lane, he trucks it into the end zone. If he sees a touchdown, he throws it. Like it's just such a mismatch. Why would you just run it up the gut with Singletary? So even though they're going to score a lot of points, be up, that doesn't necessarily mean the touches will be there. And if it's not a game where they typically lean on him also, and it's not even a great matchup, Jets have a good defense, he's a fine play. I've definitely liked him more in previous weeks, but if you have to, which you might, uh, find it running back too. And then no other Bills running back. For the Jets, uh, it's an awful spot. I mean, they have a three running back committee playing the Buffalo Bills, who are like the best defense in the NFL, or at least a top three defense. Uh, you can use Michael Carter if you absolutely have to, but my lean would be saying, oh, have a Jets player, bench him this week. Like, it's just as simple as that. I know the Packers played really well last week on the ground. Like, they, they didn't play well as a team, uh, but like, they did well running it. I mean, I believe that they run for like close to 200 yards, which, you know, you look at that and you're like, oh, wow, play the Jets running backs. But it's like, yeah, Aaron Jones did that. Like, Michael Carter, James Robinson, you know, Ty Johnson, they're not Aaron Jones. Next up, Panthers at Bengals. Low 42.5 point total. Bengals, 7.5 point home favorites. For the Panthers, um, I would expect Chuba to return this week. It didn't seem like a long-term ankle injury, but we will see. I thought there was a chance he played last week, but then he was out. Um, not, I mean, later in the week we knew he was going to be out, but like it seemed like it was a minor injury. We talked about how that can kind of flare up, uh, but you know, it, it doesn't seem like a four-week injury. It seems like one or two weeks will be out, so maybe he misses this week. If he does just start Foreman, like any week from like this point on, or even last week on, uh, when you don't have McCaffrey basically on the roster, if Chuba's out, I mean, you you just have to play Foreman. But if Chuba comes back, uh, I would expect like close to a 50-50 split, but it depends on practices. So like if Chuba gets a full practice in on like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I would expect close to a 50-50 split, maybe even lean towards Chuba. If he's limited Thursday, limited Friday, well, now I'm not expecting a 50-50 split. Now I'm expecting like Foreman to be the lead back and Chuba to kind of mix in behind him so depends on practice reports i will adjust the rankings accordingly depending on what news we get uh but it really is like just how much of an issue is this ankle for chuba this week that's how we're gonna you know finish off the projections for the bengals uh mixon has been awful not only in fantasy but just like an actual football he's been really bad this season uh the panthers also they like have a strong defense overall and so there are paths to Mixon failing here but with all the buys with Chase out as more than a touchdown home favorite, like you just, I don't care if he's been bad, you have to play Mixon this week. Vikings at Commanders is up next, 43.5 point total, Vikings 3.5 point road favorites. The Vikings always start Dalvin Cook. This is a matchup that isn't as good as it might seem. You see like a relatively decent total, a closer game, their favorites, and you're like, nice, good Dalvin Cook spot. Uh, but this is one of the larger pass funnels in the NFL. Like, you don't really want to run the ball in the commanders. You want to throw it to wide receivers, especially. Well, guess what the Vikings like to do? They like to throw to their wide receivers. So it's a great spot for the wide receivers on the Vikings. Not as good for Dalvin Cook. Uh, you're definitely playing him, but I just wanted to point that out. Then for the commanders, uh, this is a game where, like, 
They could keep it close. They could score points. So it's like positive in that aspect. But we still have a three running back committee. Uh, we've got Gibson, you know, stealing early down work, getting targets. So he's like the best running back play on the team. But even with Gibson, I mean, there's a possibility you have two to three running backs or maybe two running backs and a wide receiver you like over him. I think he's 22nd right now in the rankings. He's fine, but then you look behind him and you're like, well, I don't want to play J.D. McKissick. He's only getting these targets. I don't really want to play Brian Robinson. I mean, I have to. So I'm in a league that I've been decimated with running back injuries. Plus, I've got McCaffrey and Debo on by, and we have two flex spots. So my entire bench is just players who are out or on by. I have to play Brian Robinson, but I'm not going to feel good about it. So I would kind of only play him if you have to. He's running back 37 right now. McKissick 38th, like I said before, Gibson's around that like 21-22 range. That could change depending on news throughout the week, stuff like that. But, you know, I'm not in love with any of the running backs, but if you got to start one, I'd prefer it be Gibson because of the receptions. Four o'clock games kick off with Seahawks at Cardinals high. I think it's the only game with a 50-point total unless there's one before. I don't think we said one so far. 50 and a half points. Seahawks, four and a half point road favorites. Wow. I mean, if you thought going into the season, like the Cardinals, we thought were going to be better than they are, that the Seahawks would be four and a half point road favorites with a total this high at Arizona. I mean, I don't think many people would have guessed that. Seahawks have to start Ken Walker. Cardinals depends on James Conner. Um, I think that he's got a good chance of playing this week, but I thought that last week too, and then he like didn't practice Friday and then he was out. So we'll see. Watch practice reports on that one. If he plays, play him as a low-end running back too, and then bench all other Cardinals running backs. If he's out, I think Eno's that low-end running back too. Bench Daryl, bench Conte Ingram. Uh, so basically it's, who's the starter? If Connor's back, play him. If he's not, play Eno. Simple as that. Rams at Bucks is up next. This game has a relatively low 42.5 point total. Bucks three-point home favorites. Uh, this is really a matchup between two teams that have fallen very short of expectations so far this season. For the Rams, depends on Kyron Williams. If he's out again, then I have very little interest in the Rams running backs. Uh, it'll be a three running back committee between Ronnie Rivers, Adrell Henderson, Malcolm Brown as road underdogs against a very strong Bucks defense. If Kyron plays, we'll see what the reports are. Like He could still play and only plan on getting him like seven, eight touches, in which case I still have no interest in any of the Rams running backs. Uh, but there's at least a chance like if he's active, if they're like, all right, we've been waiting this long to activate him. Now he's good to go. He's our one. Then maybe he's a low end running back too. Uh, but I'll say this one, we just, we need to see the reports. My guess right now is that I'm just going to cross off all Rams running backs. I don't want to play any of them. If you have to play them, only expect somewhere in like the five to six point range. I wouldn't expect much. For the Bucks. I think you have to keep playing Leonard Fournette. Uh, he, he's been like fine recently because of the touchdowns and that's a positive for him is that like the touchdown expectation is definitely there. So he hasn't been bad in fantasy. Um, and he's had a stable floor because he has those touchdowns and he has those receptions. So that's good. Um, not a good like matchup. I mean, obviously the Rams have a good defense. Uh, they are favorites, which is a positive. They're at home. That's a positive. He should see, you know, that like 13 to 15 opportunities, uh, a few of those being receptions, good chance of scoring. So, like, I think Fournette's running back, too. I think you're definitely playing him this week. Um, but Rashad White's there. Rashad White is going to take drives away. Rashad White, at any point, could start to steal more touches away from Fournette. Uh, and him, honestly, like, isn't a, a terrible play. In a week like this, 
if we're going to project him for around that like six to seven carry range, maybe like four targets, maybe scoring a touchdown, that comes out right now at 8.6 half PPR points. That on a normal week is not enough to start. Like that's just not good enough. But this week that grades out 28th among running backs and half PPR scoring. So not ideal, but if you had to play the running back 28 as a two because you've got like three dudes on by and one guy hurt instead of like dropping someone, there are worse plays than that. Like Rashad White's still a good player, going to have a few receptions, going to get some carries, does have a chance of scoring if they get into the red zone on his drive. And so again, not an amazing play, not expecting amazing production, but if you have to, there are worse plays. The Sunday night game is going to be Titans at Chiefs. Uh, relatively average, maybe a little higher than average for this season. Uh, 46 and a half point total. Chiefs though, 12 point home favorites coming off of their buy. It is a terrible spot for Titans players. You're always starting Derrick Henry. I just need you to understand that like he's super game script dependent and their losses. He's not nearly as good, but we haven't seen that recently. They've won five straight. Uh, so a lot of people forget week two, 13 carries for 25 yards and a loss week one, 82 scoreless yards and a loss. And so if we're looking at this game, Tennessee could win, but let's be honest. Kansas City coming off by in a primetime game at home. And it's not like the Titans are some like juggernaut. Like the Titans are so unlikely to win, but their one chance is a massive game from Derrick Henry. So I would say if Malik Willis is getting the start again, there's just no chance they're winning this game. But if Tannehill is back, maybe Henry can go off and they can win it. Uh, but, you know. You're playing Derrick Henry, just don't be shocked if they get down really quickly because Casey off by is like, you know, they're going to be really good and they can only get him, you know, 15 to 17 carries, turns that into 70, 75 yards, doesn't score a touchdown. He's like, good, but in fantasy, not amazing. That's certainly possible this week. For the Chiefs, um, maybe Pacheco sees another bump uh, coming off of the bye, but I think they like the rotation. You know, they're going to rotate through him, Clyde. Jarek McKinnon, uh, I mean, they were using, let's be honest, like, he got the start in their last game, he was still fielding kickoffs. Like, if they were really 100% in on using him as a clear running back one, he's not returning kickoffs, right? That wouldn't make any sense. I just, I don't see him breaking out and getting 15 carries every game. Now, they're 12-point home favorites, so maybe if they get up big, they lean on him, but... I don't see it. Um, I think this sets up more as a Klein Pacheco game than McKinnon. And I think there's a chance that, you know, they get up big and he gets all these touches. But like the most likely outcome is that you definitely need a touchdown from either Klein or Pacheco, that both of them have around 10 touches, that Pacheco only has like one target. And if he's only going to get, you know, 10 carries for even if he gave him six yards of carry, 10 for 60, he needs that touchdown. Also, the Titans are not a good matchup for running backs. Like that's a very, very difficult matchup. And so we're not expecting him to be overly efficient. So low end twos for Clyde and Pacheco. Monday night game is going to be Ravens at Saints. 48 point total Ravens, two and a half point road favorites. For the Ravens, Dobbins is still out. I would imagine Gus is out, but keep an eye on that one. Bateman's going to be out. There's a chance Mark Andrews plays, but he could be out as well. So a lot of injuries, especially on offense for the Ravens. I think Drake is viable as like a low-end running back too since if Gus is out, he's probably going to see around 11, could get up to like 13, 14 carries if they're winning in this game. 
maybe a target or two good goal line opportunities uh, in this in this offense. Like that's certainly viable. Um, and I think you could look if there's another like desperation play. If Gus is out and you're desperate, you're like Nick, I need someone, and you haven't hit on someone yet in this video. Justice Hill is probably not rostered, and so while I'm not expecting them to go into New Orleans and be overly efficient on the ground, you know, he grades as my running back 35. Uh, could he be on the field for their touchdown drive? Um, happened to fall into the end zone. Maybe could he get eight carries for 40 yards, two rece- receptions for like 20 yards, and just like kind of get you enough at running back two to just get you through this week? Maybe. He would need Gus Edwards to be out, but if that does occur, then, you know, he's not a terrible play. And then if Gus plays, let's see how healthy he kind of is, but I would expect what we saw the previous week. It to be Gus, then Drake, then Hill, and your interest in all of them is muted, but Gus would definitely be viable. Then for the Saints, always start Alvin Kamara, very easy for them. So that'll do it for the week nine running back starts and sits. I have full detailed projections on my website and then the rankings and projections will be updated throughout the week. So if something happens, if news gets dropped later in the week and you're like, how does this change things? Then you can view that on my website, thefansfootballadvice.com. I'll be back tomorrow to go over wide receiver starts and sits Saturday. It's going my favorite plays. That, my friends, is this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, how about hitting the like button? How about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.